My name's Jonathan Nato. I'm from New England, home of the Super Bowl losers. <laughs> My name is Hamad Zaidi. I'm from Redondo Beach, California, home of the beach that never gets above 72 or 73 degrees, which bugs me a lot because I like hot weather. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. How is everybody? How you doing, Johnson? Good, good. How, how about yourself? I'm doing well. As you know, you and I are engaged in a couple of new ventures together that we're going to share in the coming weeks. So we've been working literally about 12 hours a day, six days a week, and four hours on Sunday. It's been nuts lately, huh? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so having said that, I wanted to tell all of our listeners and, uh, and, and everyone else out there that's new that uh, this today is going to be a podcast about my recent Super Bowl trip. But for those who are not big football fans, don't worry. Most of this podcast is going to be everything around the actual game itself. Mm. I did attend the game, and it was incredible. But it, uh, you know, it's a better story to tell you what happened around the actual game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you want to dive in? Oh, yeah. So the NFL decides what who's going to get the Super Bowl three or four years in advance, right? Yeah. And for various reasons. One reason is I heard on NPR years ago that every time a Super Bowl city is chosen, the FBI deploys a team to that city to to work out threats. Like oh, three or four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, that makes Isn't sense. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, to work out three or four years in advance, they, they make sure all the threats are taken care of, right? Yeah. So we knew three or four years ago that Minnesota was getting this year's Super Bowl. Yeah. The second it came up on the screen, my wife's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean, no? Why don't you go with me? She goes, absolutely not. You're doing that one with somebody other than me. You know, it's funny, people. When it's 65 degrees, I'll complain to Jonathan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? All the time. And it's it's 64 degrees as I'm recording this, and I've got my thermals on under a thick sweater. Man. Right? And I'm indoors. That's, that's still T-shirts and shorts weather, man. I know. I know. <laughs> so I think a couple – when, when Myron and I flew to the New York City Super Bowl, I think three years ago, we had a change of planes in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? And it was delayed. Ask me why it was delayed back then. Probably because of the snow. De-icing yeah. on the wings of the plane. Yeah, yeah. That's always, <laughs> that's always a good sign. It's always a good sign when you land in Minnesota and they say, your flight to New York is going to be delayed because we have to de-ice the wings on the plane. I, I had a friend that uh, he actually used to be a strength and conditioning coach for the Vikings when, the, the, when Brett Favre was on the Vikings. And right, and he, he I, I was, I was, ta- I was talking to him once about it, like, oh man, it's, it was freezing there, right? He's like, dude, you have no idea. He's like, you know what? In Minnesota, all it snows once, and that snow is there for the rest, the rest of the winter, because it freezes. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, it's, it doesn't snow a lot there, but all it takes is a little bit for it to snow, and it's there the rest of the year. Yeah, which is crazy. I was like, that's totally crazy. I was like, that's terrible. At least here. You know, it'll snow, and depending on how much snow, but at least here, it, it'll melt. It, like, you know, you, we'll get a few snow, you know, falls, and we'll see the ground every now and then. But, you know, it snows in Minnesota. Forget it. You're not seeing the ground 
until springtime. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it does snow here, but never in Los Angeles. We have mountains that are two hours away. Yeah. So you can literally snow. You can ski in the morning and come back into L.A. within two hours if you'd like. Yeah. So, But I got to tell you, so I had this fear of just being a popsicle because I'm a little guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the day before we flew, I went to um, a sporting goods store. And I'm like, get me a jacket. And I don't want anything really, really, really huge because I'm going to wear an overcoat over it. But get me like the as if I were going to the Arctic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And I got a, a North Face jacket, a really good one. I got feet warmers, hand warmers, anything I could buy to make me warmer. <laughs> right? And... We get on the plane. We're all excited. We're really, really, really excited. On the plane, I meet... Oh, you know, it's ironic. This is so funny. On the plane, I'm trying to sleep, and I hear a really familiar voice Mm. on the plane, on Mm. the way there. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to sleep, but I hear this very loud voice, and it's a voice I've heard a lot, right? Yeah. And I look up the aisle. It's Chris Olsen. Oh, man. He's on the same flight, right? <laughs> and for those of you who are new to this podcast, Chris is a uh, an attorney and a motion picture producer, and him and I spent 10 or 11 years as producing partners in the 90s, and we're still great friends, right? Yeah. So I see Chris on the plane. I go up and say hi, and he's speaking to a, a man who's in his 80s who has has a huge 1982 Los Angeles Lakers championship ring on his finger. Mm. Right? So when I went up and talked to Chris and introduced myself to this guy, this guy told me that he was a dear friend of Dr. Jerry Bush, you know, the late owner of the Lakers. yeah. Right? And then when I told him, I said, well, I wasn't a dear friend of Dr. Bush, but I did meet him and I was friendly with him for about 10 years before he passed. He's like, oh, really? And we started talking. And then I mentioned um, that I was also friends with Ron Rice, you know, the founder of Hawaiian Tropic. Yeah, yeah. So that's how you. Uh, that's how you met him that time. That's how I met him. Yeah. I met Ron Rice first, and Ron Rice introduced me to Jerry Buss. And since I'm a lifelong Laker fan, you know, it was a big thrill to to become friendly with Dr. Buss, right? Yeah. So. And, and for those of you who are, again, I keep saying this, but for, for, for new listeners to this podcast, uh, we have one of our early podcasts from last year that details how I met Ron Rice and how I became one of the judges of the 2006 Hawaiian Tropic Beauty Pageant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the trip started off great because I met this guy that was tied to my favorite basketball team. A dear friend of mine was on the flight. Everything was great. We get to Minnesota, and you know, Jonathan, when you walk off the, the plane, I guess you, you, only, you haven't been on a lot of plane flights, and when you went to Jamaica, it was warm there, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know when you walk off the plane, Jonathan, there's that little six-inch, there's a little, like, gateway yeah. between, between leaving the plane and getting on the tarmac that takes you to right, right. the terminal, right? Yeah. Dude. The second you go from like what 68 degrees inside of a plane to 
Zero degrees with a wind chill of negative 25. I mean, it just blasts your face. Like, yeah. it freezes immediately, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. So we get to the rental car, and I'm like, God, Myron, is this actually going to start this rental car? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so we get to our hotel, and I'm not trying to bash on it, but, man, what a complete dump. Mm. I mean, a complete dump. It's, it was such a dump. If I told you what happened there, you'd be like, he's just making that up. He's a writer. He's making it up. I'm telling you, my, you know, I hang up a coat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the coat rack comes off the wall. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And then Myron comes in the room. He's like, what's this? And I said, dude, coat rack just fell. And he goes, you better not sit on that chair because the chair's broken. Oh, man. I immediately sent an email to the hotel because I like doing things in writing. Yeah, yeah. That way this is like paper trail or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I took a picture. I said, look, I just checked in. I, I sent the email actually the next morning. I, I said, I just checked in last night. Chair's broken. Rack is broken. Just letting you know. I'm not paying for this. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. Man, it was just so cold. And here's a couple of things I remember. The game itself, I, I'll get to last because the game was incredible. And I've always respected the New England Patriots. I've respected them for the dominance. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, dude. It's really fun to watch Tom Brady lose because that dude is the worst sore loser oh, of any. Yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. You know, he didn't shake Nick Foles' hand at the end of the game. Really? He just took off. Really? Wow. That, no, he didn't. They always that's hug each terrible. other, especially a dude that's won five Super Bowls. Right. Should, should be hugging a kid that just won his first. Not only that, the backup quarterback. I think I think someone had, has a little experience with that. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> you know the last the last backup quarterback to win a Super Bowl was. Tell me. Uh, I don't think it was Roethlisberger, was it? No, was it was it Tom? Tom Brady. Okay, I couldn't remember if Roethlisberger was the starter that year he won. Yeah, the year he won, he, he was a starter. Tom okay. Brady was the last quarterback to win the Super Bowl as a backup. Yeah, so there you go. Right? So anyway, jumping back to the experience, everybody in Minnesota, dude, and I mean everybody. I'm not exaggerating. Everyone in Minnesota is nice. <laughs> everyone is nice. Well, that's because they're near the Canadian border. You know what? That probably is true. <laughs> that's probably true. And they actually call it Minnesota nice. That's like a term there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The okay. term is, yeah, they're Minnesota nice. That's funny. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody was nice, right? And they're all saying, hey, how do you like Minnesota? And then I said, you know, I like it a lot. It actually is a really pretty area. And the city itself is gorgeous. The city's great, right? Yeah. But... They had all these free concerts outside for the Super Bowl. Oh, man. And I'm, t- I'm telling Myron, no way in hell am I doing zero degrees outside. 
Yeah, yeah. At eight o'clock at night outside for a concert. That's oh not my happening. Goodness. You know? Man. But so some interesting things that we did. Wait, we went how to, many how many times did you hear Don't You Know? A, a lot. <laughs> a, and you know you know what we heard, we heard the most? They're like, Well, Minnesota's so nice. Would you come back? And I always said in July, maybe. <laughs> if there's going to be no Super Bowl here, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. To, you know, when I was at the actual game, everyone was nice. They're like, would you come back to the stadium? And I said, the stadium is gorgeous. It is really pretty. And, and the people are nice. The staff, the staff was wonderful. Everyone is incredible. But it's just so damn cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just really, really it probably, cold. It probably doesn't warm up until June. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So you know what we did the day before? This is what I wanted to share. Mm. I'm not a drinker. Myron's really not a drinker. So we wanted to do really cool things that were outside of just going downtown and getting drunk because that's yeah. not what we did to begin with. Yeah. Right? So he found these really cool things. You know what we did Saturday? Mm-hmm. We went to an, a miniature golf place mm. that was designed by 10 and 11-year-olds. <laughs> That's cool. And what they did is 10 and 11-year-olds drew pictures on what they would want to see in a miniature golf course. Yeah, yeah. And then they took those pictures and they went to local artists. Okay. And they said, can you create this? Dude, it was so cool. I mean, it was like a tornado, like literally a tornado, like a turning tornado, and you've got to get the ball through it before it swoops up your ball. Okay, that's cool. You know, a giant elephant, just for what reason, I don't know, but an enormous elephant, right? <laughs> and you've got to, like, navigate that. There's an optical illusion one, mm. which... This is the coolest one, man. I mean, that one when you look that at, one wouldn't work on me. Yeah, well, on you it wouldn't work. <laughs> you would you would nail that one exactly. <laughs> so the, the optical uh, for the <laughs> for those of you again don't would know why we're laughing. Jonathan's blind, <laughs> and and I'm not laughing at him because I have a disability. <laughs> But he's laughing at the optical illusion thing because he can't see. <laughs> so what it is, it, it looked like there's two very black spots, big spots on the floor. Mm. And then the instruction said, take out your camera or your phone and take a picture. Uh, stand, Have your friend stand in front of the black spot mm. and take a picture of it. Mm. Right. And then spend one minute staring at the picture before you take your shot. Okay. And the way it's designed, the big black spots on the um, floor. Yeah. When you're looking, when you get depth, when somebody's standing in front of it. Yeah. It looks like a crater, like a cave. Ah, okay. Really cool. Huh. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm I'm doing this like, this is really cool because it's really warm inside. Right. <laughs> and we're doing this. It was really popular. There's like a 30 minute wait to to even get on it, mm. right? Mm. But here's a cool thing. 
Bef- there's all these classic pinball machines, mm. and I'm going to put pictures of this on our site, uh, on the LimpingOnCloud9.com site. Yeah. There's this back room with this guy working on these pinball machines, and I don't mean classic from 1990 or 1980. I mean from, like, 1930, mm. 19, 1940, like, mm. really, really early ones. And we asked this guy, we saw this random dude, inside of this room working on pinball machines. And I want to give him props. His name is John Graff, G-R-A-F-F, John Graff, Mm. right? And we walked in there, and we said, is this room open? He goes, no, this is my private room, but if you guys want to check it out, come in, right? Being Minnesota nice. (laughs) Exactly, yep. And he showed us pinball machines from the 20s, from the 30s, and he was restoring all of them. Man. And then there's two things that I noticed. There was a baseball machine from the 1930s or 20s and a basketball machine from the 1940s. Mm. And what did I notice about both of those most machines? Mm, they're L.A.-based teams. No, that would be interesting. But actually, to be honest, Myron noticed it, and then he told me. All of the players were white. Huh. Right? That's funny. I mean, Myron's like, look, at there's a basketball game where all the players on the machine are all white. And yeah. Baseball game is the same exact thing. And not just white, they're all blonde-haired, blue-eyed white. That's right? funny. <laughs> so, it's interesting how, yeah. how culture has changed. Yeah. From Less than 100 from years. My, Hundred years ago, yeah, right. Just the coolest, coolest experience, man. Just, just a great experience. And the reason that I wanted to wait, wait. The even, most important thing is who won the mini golf game. Oh, Myron kicked my ass. Okay. Come on, okay, he killed me. Like, <laughs> and and you know, neither one of you, no one. Here's the thing. In every hole, you can go the hard route which is try to get through the tornado or try to get through the windmill or try to get through whatever they build. Yeah. Or you can take a cheap way where you just hit it off the angle, the corner. Oh, okay. Okay. Skip the obstacle. Yeah. So neither one of us took the easy way. We all went through the hard way. Okay. We were like, we're here for fun. We yeah. want, you know, yeah. let's just do this. And um, he still killed me. <laughs> but I did get, I did get a hole in two, like, Three times out nice. of 18. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And then the rest were sevens and eights. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of fours and fives and a couple of threes. But, um, man, just really cool. John Graff had an original Batman car that he mm. was restoring. No kidding. He, yeah, he had one of ten um, hanging Supermans from the ceiling of this man. particular Superman. And, you know, these are all just these amazing, amazing mementos that I, I think the kids in there that go miniature golfing, they're like, oh, how cool is this old video game? They have no idea. It's 100 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Just really cool. But the game itself, let me just say briefly, man, that was fun. And I'll tell you why. I was I always root if the 49ers are not in it, which usually is not the case. <laughs> I I just root for the underdog always. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Because it's more fun. Exactly. And and I got you a hat. I have to mail your hat. So I will wear it with pride. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the first quarter, I mean, you you listen to the game, right? Yeah, yeah. In the first quarter, there was a play where the the Patriots running back tried to jump over. Yes. You know the 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 the, the, the Eagles defender. Yeah. And literally, he tried to jump over the Eagles defender, and then the Eagles defender just stood up and just met him at the peak and yeah. just slammed him down. Yeah, the the announcers were like, "That didn't go well." Like, <laughs> you know, what's what? Did they really? Is that yeah, what they said? it was something like it was something very close to that. I was like, "Oh, that's good to hear." <laughs> well, it's one of those moments that I looked at Myron and he looked at me and we're like. Man, the Eagles have a shot, even in the first quarter, because it's plays like that that just say, look, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. You're not doing this to me today. Well, for, for me, when the Eagles went for it on fourth down on the goal line and they scored, yep. and they scored the touchdown, I said, this game's going to be interesting. You know what's funny about that? You know, Nick Foles is the one that caught the touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah. So... The quarterback on a fourth and one. And you know what? That's the coach. I heard this in interviews after the game. Doug Peterson, I think he's yeah. the coach of the Eagles. Yep. Right? Yep. He told the team in the beginning, you know, in the locker room before the game, he's like, I'm going to be really aggressive today. We're not holding back. I'm aggressive today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Think about this. Fourth and one. Almost at halftime, fourth and one from the one-yard line. If you don't get that, you don't have seven points. Right. And if that's the case, New England wins the game. Well, and, and they also went for on fourth down. I think it was with like seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. They went for and fourth down to keep the drive going. Yeah, they did. I think there was five minutes and 39 seconds left. Yeah. And, and what's funny is the guys sitting next to us would be like, you got to punt that away. And I'm like, no, you don't. No. Because you know what? Because you're not going to see the ball it's, back. <laughs> you're not going to see it back. Tom Brady is going to, like, methodically drive it down. You give Tom Brady five minutes and 39 seconds and the ball, there's no way he doesn't score. It's impossible that he doesn't score. Yeah. You, you got to give him that much credit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's going to score. But that fourth down was huge, too. But you know what people forget? Nick Foles catching the touchdown pass was enormous. Mm -hmm. But people forget, before that play, New England threw the ball to Tom Brady. Yeah, and he dropped it. And he dropped it. Yeah. And he's actually lucky that there was another. I mean, I'm sure that was the only Super Bowl in history where both quarterbacks were throwing the ball. Yeah. Right? That never happened before. There's only been one other quarterback ever that had the ball thrown to them in a Super Bowl. And this game had two. Yeah. Right? So that game, that play will be forgotten. People will forget that Brady dropped the ball because all people will remember is that Nick Foles caught the touchdown. Yes. No, exactly. Right? Yeah. But just, uh, you know, just the look on Tom Brady's. And I like Tom Brady. I'm not a hater. I know you might be. I'm not. (laughs) But, but. Because I think the dude's he's pretty incredible. But 
the the look on his face when he was just sitting down right after he got sacked. Yeah. With, with two minutes left. Yeah, he when, got they sacked, the, when they he stripped the, the ball. ball. Yeah, yeah. Right? That was the exclamation point to me. That was Philadelphia saying, you are not going to do Tom Brady magic. It's not happening today. And still, he still had a shot. I mean, that's uh, yeah, how great the guy is. That's, that's still, why even at that point, I, you know, normally by then, I would have been like, yeah, they're going to lose. This is awesome. But I, I said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not celebrating yet because this doesn't mean anything. You know, I, 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 I was telling somebody like, you know, Philadelphia could be up 72 to nothing. And I'm not, I'm not going to be happy until the, the game clock is at zero. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, before I forget, I mean, that's my take on the game. But before I forget, can I throw in two quick, um, yeah. uh, two quick things? We were watching the news constantly, right, just for the weather. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me how much the weather people in Minnesota bashed their own weather. <laughs> you know, because usually if you live there, you're like, hey, today's high is going to be two with a wind chill of 23 below. Please dress warm and make sure your kids have your mittens. Right. right? That's right. what you'd say. Yeah. This guy that we watched, we watched two different channels. These guys were like, it's really cold. It's really cold. Don't we all wish we were somewhere else? And I'm like, dude, you live there. At least <laughs> you shouldn't be bashing it. Right. Yeah. And they had this term, and I don't know if this is a term or if they just created this term for the Super Bowl week, but they called themselves the Bold North. Okay. You live in the Bold North. And I'm like, man, you shouldn't be bashing yourselves. And then um, the other thing I'll tell you is they interviewed, not the weather people, but the news people interviewed NFL stars and celebrities. Yeah. You know, they were going to the parties about their experience in Minnesota. Yeah. And, man, they really should have edited some of that. That was not flattering to Minnesota. Really? You, know, you, you had, like, um, what's his name? Who's the uh, the Dallas quarterback? Oh, the, the Cowboys I, quarterback. I don't remember. I, not Tony Romo. I don't remember the new guy. I don't remember his name. Oh, it'll come to me in a minute. He, he's really, really good. He was a rookie, he's really wasn't good. he? Oh, D- Dak, Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's it. So they asked him. They go, how do you like Minnesota? And he's like, I can't wait to get out of here. He didn't say. <laughs> he just said, hey, parties are nice. It's really cold, and I'm looking forward to getting back to Dallas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, wouldn't that be one that you edit from the broadcast? I mean, you don't want, like, a big star saying, I'm ready to leave. Yeah, but I guess the point is the big star is there. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Right. 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 So, and just the last thing I wanted to mention is Saturday night after the miniature golf stuff. Yeah. We actually went to a dinner theater. Yeah. It's because we want to do something different, right? Yeah, yeah. But the dinner theater was Rolling Stone songs. Oh, really? They're so cool. You know, like a 200 Was it like a, a band, was it a band playing or some, something? Or? What? Was there a band playing? or? Yeah, it was okay. just like a concert. Okay, okay. It was like a rock band, right? And and this guy, he's got a really hoarse voice, so he can do Mick Jagger pretty well. Yeah. And it was literally two hours and 20 minutes. It was like being at a Rolling Stones show without the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Right? 
It was fun. You should have went to the uh, you should have went to the Jimmy Fallon show. Yeah, you know what's funny is we thought about that for about three seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and then we realized actually we didn't even think about that because we realized that like the people are standing out in the cold for like eight hours to get in. Right, right. And you know it's funny that you mentioned that. What we did when we went, Myron and I, with my same buddy that went to the New York City Super Bowl with me. Yeah. And we got, we wanted to see Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So we got in line at three o'clock in the morning in New York. And you know, New York's cold. Right. right? Yeah, totally. So three, three thirty, three forty in the morning, we got there. And we stood in line until eight or nine, you know, in the morning when they were going to release standby tickets. Yeah. And we weren't like, I'm not going to say we were the next guys and we got cut out. We were probably 50 or 60 people back when they said, sorry, no more tickets. Oh, so, man. <laughs> you know, probably about probably about 30, 35, 40 people back. And what we didn't realize until later, later on in the morning, is it was Seth, uh, what's his name? You know, the... the Myers? Uh, Seth Myers. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was Seth Meyers' last SNL. Oh, okay. So everyone wanted to go see it and stuff. So, so everyone go yeah. see it. And and Imagine Dragons were, were the band. Okay, okay. So, so anyway, I, there's no way I was going to lay on a sidewalk again for five hours and not get into a tape show that I don't actually watch. <laughs> Although I do watch Saturday Night Live. I love Saturday Night Live. Just not... I like Fallon, but, you know... At 11.30 at night, if I'm watching something, it's probably a Law & Order rerun. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm working on one of our websites or one of our, you know, companies. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing at 11.30. I'm not watching Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, no, I hear yeah. How is, But I like it. He's how, great. How was the, uh, the halftime show? You know, here's the thing. I thought it was really simple. Like, Katy Perry, a couple of years ago, put on an unbelievable halftime show. Yeah. This one seemed overtly simple. Mm. Like, it, it seemed like whoever did it didn't want to spend that much. It was very classy. It was very classy. But it's almost like they didn't really want to spend that much money on it. Yeah, it was, I think it was so, Pepsi. Yeah, right. But I'll tell you, the classiest thing he did, he put this enormous screen, like a hanging screen, and he projected... Prince on the screen since you know Prince. Yeah, yeah, it was a, like a hologram of him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did a hologram of Prince as he was singing, um, uh, "I Will Die for You," which I think is really awkward. That's a really odd choice of song, but it was oddly beautiful because he was singing, "I Would Die for You," and you know Prince has passed yeah. away. Yeah, and you're singing that in his hometown. It right. Was, uh, it was pretty magical. It was it was it was pretty cool. I think Justin Timberlake did a really good job, but it was just a classy, low key, very well done performance as opposed to a over the top wild extravaganza. Yeah, I I was telling uh, Becca. I think I think I say every other Super Bowl, like, man, it's amazing how they fill up the field with all this stuff to put on this, you know mini compact concert and they get everything off the field in time. Like no one's tripping on anything. 
not a speck is left on the field. I'm like, that's really impressive. You know, it's funny. I, it's funny you say that. I started to notice that years ago. And I started to notice they, I don't know if the halftime's longer. It used to be 22 minutes. I think now it's like 28 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say it's like, like half an hour or something like that. Right, right. But I would just see, because I take pictures of it. You know what? I'll put a couple of those pictures on our, on our LimpingOnCloud9.com website. I took pictures of the stage pieces being rolled out. Yeah. Because as soon as the game's over, man, as soon as the teams leave the field, they're rolling out major stage pieces, and they put the stage together in like four minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it takes you and I a year to get a technology company ready to go, and it takes them four minutes to put on a halftime show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? No, it was pretty cool, man. It was really, really cool. One of these years... Not only am I going to make you go to a game with me, but I'm going to make you go to a New England Patriots game with me. Oh, man. As long as they lose, it'll be the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, my friend, is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, I think that's it. But, you know, um, I know we've been talking about Toys Accessible, and, and I'm excited about that. But in, instead of uh, plugging that, can we tell people about our new film festival? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I should go to LonelySealFilmFestival.com. We'll bring you there. And I'm, I'm, I can probably put a link to it also in the in the show notes. But, yeah. Yeah, I will. Uh, so we're t- if you go to that, if you go to LonelySealFilmFestival.com, we're taking submissions for feature, for features, documentaries, web series and short films so you can see everything there on the page we're launching an online portion of it august 18th and then august 24th and 25th it'll be closing physically at a a physical location uh it looks like at one of two places in the boston area so there'll be be more locations are not confirmed yet but they will be Likely in Boston, and yeah. uh, we're not sure yet, but they will be, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really cool to launch online and to land at a movie theater. Yeah, definitely. That would be fun. That would be fun. And for those of you who, um, you know, are filmmakers that want to apply, we are gifting at the present time $170,000 of in-kind prizes. Yeah. So if you know anyone who's a filmmaker or if you're one yourself, check out LonelySealFilmFestival.com, and that's L-O-N-E-L-Y, seal like the animal, FilmFestival.com. Yep, yep, exactly. And if you can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, all those other fun places, you can find us. And Haman, how can they reach us if they want to email us? If they want to email us, info at LimpingOnCloud9.com, info at Limping on Cloud9, the number 9.com. All right, and everyone, thank you for listening and downloading. We will talk to you next episode. See ya.